Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pop Culture Period Peace Podcast. I'm Laura. I'm Julie. And today we're going to talk about a pop culture period piece. Um, but before, oh, what month are we in? We're in flashback month, which is cool. Um, before <gasps> we get there. Sorry, that was dumb. I just got excited because I was like, flashback February. Nope, we just recording a few days early. <laughs> it's flashback March. <laughs> March through the flashbacks. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that works. March through the, yeah, yeah, yeah. We meant to do this. Um <laughs> But before we get into it, uh, Julie, what do you recommend for uh, any recommendations? Um, I recommend recognizing when you need a moment. Uh, Laura and I were chatting a bit before this podcast, and we were both coming to the realization that we, despite our best efforts, have been a little burning the candle at both ends and just mm-hmm. overwhelmed. Um, and we need to take a take a break, take a moment for ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. sometimes self-care is just not doing things Mm -hmm. yeah I agree I I've I've just uh so like I was telling Julie I'm just gonna I'm gonna the same recommendation as you like I had some financial troubles uh, with my new house that happens um last year and so I was like I'm gonna work a lot. I'm going to work a full-time job and a part-time job, and I'm going to get rid of this debt. And then because I did that, my financial health is really good, but my actual health just like went, um, and like not, not anything serious. I've just, you know, have been eating stuff that I shouldn't eat all the time and instead of moderation, et cetera. And it's because I've been just trying so hard that like money has become the forefront. So yeah. Just taking a step back and also realizing that like you can say no to things, especially, I don't know about you, Julie, but we came from this pandemic where like we couldn't say yes to anything. Mm-hmm. And then so when all these things started happening, it became so exciting. And I'm like, and I'm fighting the like, what if it never happens again? And I have to seize the moment and everything can go away in a second. And like this PTSD from the pandemic that I, I have overextended myself. Yeah, I I feel like coming out of the pandemic, I was also like, screw you to hustle culture and boss bitch life. (laughs) Um, And I thought I was going to be so good at boundaries. And I'm I'm realizing I'm good at talking about boundaries. I don't know that I have the boundaries that I believe I have. (laughs) Oh, shit. All right. End of podcast. We've done enough for today. (laughs) (laughs) I also would like to recommend uh, season four of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is slowly coming out. Mm. Um, And Santino Fontana, my favorite Greg, no offense, Skylar Aston, but my favorite Greg from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is in this season. So you and Mike are the same. We are. We're very similar people. The more and more I know Mike, I'm like, we are are we brother and sister? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause was he also like Santino Fontana? <laughs> he was I mean, he was so upset about Sean Aston. I'm like, dude, what do you want them to do? And the show, he wasn't available. Mm-hmm. They found a way to keep the character and still honor the original actor. Yeah, I thought they did, like, especially because they did so, I love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, they did so much, like, dialogue around it where they didn't just, like, skirt past it. They made it Mm -hmm. a long-running joke about how it's a completely different person. So, So, Julie, it is, it, it, you picked this week, tell our listeners what you picked and what it's about. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, man, you, you several times in that introduction have ensured that everyone knows that I picked this movie. Yeah. Uh, yep. So this is the movie Spencer. And it says the marriage between Princess Diana and Prince Charles has long since grown cold. Through rumors of affairs and a divorce abound, peace is ordained for the Christmas festivities at the Queen's estate. There's eating, drinking, shooting, and hunting. Diana knows the game, but this year things will be profoundly different. Beautiful. So it's, it's basically like Christmas through Boxing Day mm-hmm. just before um, Diana Did she leave? her divorce. Yeah, just before the divorce. Mm-hmm. So this was my first time watching it. Was Mine it your first well. time? Okay, okay. Yes, I I thought the picture of the cover was pretty. Oh um, my gosh, it was. <laughs> yeah, that red sweater. Um, also, Kristen Kristen's having a moment, and I think a well deserved moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was trying to remember because you know the whole thing during the what was it Snow White and the Huntsman. Mm, yeah. How old was she when that stuff went down? Like. 20 in her 20s i think she's the same age as me or very close so probably her mid-20s so like baby yeah so yeah so i i do think we need to discuss this because okay so she so so she was 22 Mm -hmm. when it happened she was dating robert pattinson Mm -hmm. and she was engaged in some sort of something with her director for the huntsman who was much older than her mm-hmm. and also very much married mm-hmm. i also do not remember him getting any flack it was all it was all her it was all like kristen mm-hmm. myself included i remember us all being like oh kristen stewart um, and I will, I will say everything I, ins- I have seen her in since Huntsman, I'm like, oh man, she's like a really good at low key actress. Yeah. Actor. Well, I think, gender. I, I think her, um, her push, like after Twilight, like Snow White and the Huntsman, I think was interesting. Cause it was like, like she just was in this blockbuster like oh yeah blockbuster after blockbuster is what they kept trying to put her in but her acting style is definitely like indie film Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it always was like even in twilight like i remember the first thing i saw her in after twilight was Adventureland, which is like a summer like kind of indie film like it's it had some money behind it but she was really good in that and so i feel like there's also just part of like knowing your acting style and and what her probably her agent her manager wanted because obviously she's going to get more money doing snow white and the huntsman than she did in Adventureland and the happiest season but yeah but no she's having a moment robert pattinson's having like his big moment now like he's coming back from the twilight stuff and i think it's interesting like when we talk about when we had Alex on the show talking about romance that even Mm. Twilight, like there are, there are bad movies that are not romantic movies that are, that are pretty big, like hype and blockbusters and all that. And then they're really bad. And you don't see the actors from those get the flack that people from bad romance movies get. Yeah. And it's, you know, she is, and she's also someone that like, 
like intellectually is not trying to distance herself from those movies like i think you see some actors do a movie in their teens or a series in their teens and they're like oh well that was a time for me um but i i had recently seen an interview with her where you know someone was telling her like are you aware that twilight is really popular now and and all that and um she'd mentioned that she'd seen on netflix but she wasn't aware until she saw another celebrity olivia rodrigo wearing a twilight shirt Mm -hmm. that it it had sort of been rediscovered and she was just very pleasantly surprised by that i don't know that Robert Pattinson would have the same reaction mm-hmm. yeah I don't think he feels the same I mean I, I'm saying this as someone who like I I love the Twilight series I think it's I think it is the telenovela of vampire romance you know what I mean like and mm-hmm. it's also vampire romance where where I was frustrated during the twilight 50 shades of gray era was that people were using that as like this is what a good relationship is and Mm -hmm. that's you know so it's like i think it's the junk food of you know where it's like great every once in a while but like don't bring it into every single day of your life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's like a warm hug man i'll watch new moon with a glass of wine every (laughs) once in a while uh so I, I'm going to say this straight out, like, because I, I, I don't think anyone will not pick up on it. You did not like this movie. I, you told me I would have to apologize to you. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. I did not. Um, I think I would like this movie if it was about a fictional character and not Princess Diana. Or I would like this movie if it was more true. Mm-hmm. Like I like I liked the surrealism. I liked like I liked what they were going for, but there were moments where I was like, "That's just actually not true." So why did you write that line? And not like mm-hmm. not true what she said, but like certain things around like her spoilers, but like her walking in front of the guns. Mm-hmm. at the end was not true it was not a thing that happened now did they I also like was like did this actually happen um did they weigh them before every single Christmas and weigh them after yes they did that was a thing that actually happened so like there are weird things to draw from when it comes to the royal family you don't have to make stuff up and my my issue and like I said I would like it was is that I Princess Diana went through a lot and there's a lot of layers to her story and there's a lot of mental health layers to her story and what I didn't like about this movie was it was like oh well she's crazy and when it comes to history versus Hollywood Hollywood would always win when it comes to the perspective of people as they move forward and what I don't want to happen is a movie like this being the commentary of Princess Diana's mental health moving forward Wait, this is also fascinating to me. Um, yeah. Because I didn't, my takeaway was not that they were saying she was crazy. Interesting. Yeah. So, so my, my start of this mm-hmm. movie was I did expect it to essentially be a long episode of The Crown. Mm-hmm. So when it first started, I was very much like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, <laughs> Once you see Anne Boleyn, you're like, oh, wait, what? 
it was honestly it was really for me when when she like ripped off the pearl necklace and started like eating that in her soup Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and that was when i was like somebody smarter needs to explain this to me because i think it's it's just it's it's going over my head yeah um but i i think it was like so absurd i think that's why for me it, it wasn't a commentary on her mental health it was almost like a commentary uh, not a commentary but for me it was like this whole world that she's in is so surreal and absurd Mm -hmm. like they're they're so fucked up but they're also so like entrenched in it and and believe in this tradition and et cetera et cetera et cetera that they they think she's the one that doesn't fit in like there's a lot about like her not fitting in and like every choice she makes not being the right one to Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. but then you see her conversation with the cook and you see the conversation with the the woman that dresses her and her conversation with um or not necessarily the conversation with the the like head of the butlers or whatever Mm -hmm. um you know you find out that like he gave her the book and so you see that they don't find her crazy they they talk a lot about you know how much they like he makes that comment about you know they they talk and laugh about everyone but when they talk about her it's with care and i don't think it's with care with kid gloves because they're they're like oh she's crazy i think it's because they genuinely care for her so it's like it's almost like that gaslighting thing of like someone you know i I have a friend who's eventually former ex-husband told her a lot about like your friends get frustrated with you your friends get annoyed with her you're, mm-hmm. you're so you're so out of line with them to the point where they started to believe it and understandably mm-hmm. um that and that's what it felt like to me is that like the the royals and like that sort of like upper the you know the upper echelon traditional people at that were just sending her signals constantly that there was something wrong with her mm-hmm. to the point where she didn't realize that she she's not the problem <laughs> Mm-hmm. but it took me a while to get there <laughs> most of the time i was like what the fuck is happening i also read a i did read a review um after the fact where they were saying that the thing that the the director or the writer wrote prior to this was a version mm-hmm. of the christmas carol mm-hmm. um and they were like just talking about parallels between the christmas carol and this and i was like oh okay it was um it was like very surreal and symbolic Mm -hmm. and that actually was the thing that i was like this is too much for me this is like thinking moulin rouge (laughs) yeah i just i i don't know i i i hear all that and like i i kept going like would i like this better if it was a poem would I like it better if it was um I don't know and I also think that I'm I might be over Princess Diana that like not that I'm over Princess Diana but like remember remember in like 2012 how everything was Marilyn Monroe like Mm -hmm. everything like we had Smash we had Diaries from Marilyn we had it you know and so it's that whole 30 so there's a nostalgia 30 year cycle and we Mm -hmm. are coming into the prince like the early 90s so we're seeing it in our clothes we're seeing it in a whole bunch of other places but we're also seeing it in the like princess diana resurgence including 
the Diana musical that is also on that is on Netflix. Um, I did not watch that. Did you watch that? I did. I have a friend who's in it. Fun fact. Mm. Um, in the chorus and like mm-hmm. in a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah, they they um, it's a lot, right? Like any bio show has a lot of like. There's very few bio shows that are successful. I think Boy from Oz is one of the like best bio shows um uh <laughs> you just giggled to yourself i did because i'm trying to think of the lyrics there's one song um that's uh, a thriller in vanilla with diana <laughs> and camilla oh my gosh it's like one of the this songs. is in diana right Not the diana musical yeah um, there's also where she goes to the AIDS ward and she's talking to them and um, someone says, uh, one of the one of the chorus members says, I may be unwell, but I'm still hot as hell to take a mm-hmm. picture with her. So stuff like that where it's just like, I just, um, her, her as a figure, especially maybe this maybe I'm reading into too much and I didn't actually watch the movie if that makes sense because like part of me is like her kids are still alive and they could either be watching all of this or knowing that it's happening and I don't know that just feels hard to me like to know that like Harry and William see like saw this billboard everywhere and could have seen trailers of it not that they're watching tv like we are but yeah like that sort of thing that i'm just i i don't know it's just interesting with the like D- diana resurgence mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the crown like season four the crown is back right now and season five is about to start and yeah and i just yeah so if it was like i understand what they were going for i understand like I just wish they would have picked a different person at this point in time. Sure. And, you know, I see all that. And and I think, you know, we, we watch a lot of movies about historical figures Mm -hmm. that is varying ranges of truth. Yeah. And I, I think back to like I, Tanya and Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter. And I think the thing that makes those movies successful to me is when they're not trying to be accurate Mm -hmm. because if they're if if they're veering on the side of accuracy they essentially have to be a documentary Mm -hmm. for us to not question it whereas when when there is that level of a like absurdism to it Mm -hmm. like that that is enough for me just for me um to sort of like keep me like there now the 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 difference between this movie and the other movies that we've watched is that there isn't like a like a child involved and granted harry and william are grown now Mm -hmm. but to your point you know this is their mother and you know are you know what how is that impacting them Mm mm-hmm yeah but it's but yeah it's a hard costumes yeah it's hard yeah and like i 
like I said, I, I truly, I just was like, I had, I don't know, it just gave me the icks. <laughs> and like, I wanted to, and I wanted to separate myself from that because I, I do think they were cool, like storytelling devices they were using. I think it's, um, I, I did like the fact that like, I could imagine being in the royal family and they live in houses that are hundreds of years old that have this sordid history. So like the, the storytelling device of Anne Boleyn coming back and, and um, like that being a parallel of being cast aside for another woman, like mm-hmm. I, I understand. I understood all that. I just feel, I don't know. I just, it gave me the X because I really, I want, maybe it's just too soon for me. <laughs> maybe I'm just, <laughs> like, um, cause I just, I, cause the, the dialogue is still happening. You know, I think there's also with, with I, Tanya and, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, like the narrative is this mostly the same for everyone, you know, like on what side that human is. Um, and I feel like with Princess Diana, it truly is like some people are like, well, she was like, she was bulimic and she was not good to the royal family and Charles was right to throw her out. And then there are people that are like, Diana was a saint and we all know the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, but that dialogue is still like very active and yeah, I don't know. It just, it, I would just wish it was like either about someone else or even if it was like all the same dialogue, they just didn't give her her name. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, a, a brand and I know that wouldn't sell right that wouldn't sell tickets but if it was like oh we're gonna have this let's say there's a princess in the mid 90s who found out her husband blank you know I just yeah it just might be too soon for me sure to sure. explore it I mean like my my parallel to that is I started watching the first episode of Pam and Tommy because mm-hmm. I love Sebastian Stan got mm-hmm. to the talking dick and i was like what the fuck is the show about it's <laughs> again so absurd because yeah. it's real people's lives so i started looking up a bit about it and found that like pam pamela anderson was very much not involved in this movie like mm-hmm. did not give them or in the that series and then i just started digging deeper and i i felt icky about that of like oh we're to me it was like why are we telling her story like she's she's still living it right now and i feel like yeah. that's that's sort of what you're saying about her sons is they're yeah. still living it yeah because i will say that like unlike the crown and we'll get more into you know season five of the crown but like i haven't seen a lot of harry and william in diana like documentary films and di- like and they're mm-hmm. not in the musical at all and or like not documentary but like bio-based media um and if they are it's like they're a fake baby or they're a real baby for like half a second or a toddler they don't have active dialogue and I think they they were they probably have they have more dialogue than any other parts of the royal family in this movie which like I also can grasp that that's because they were the only ones in the royal family that really had an active part 
in Diana's life, especially at this point in her life. Like they were the only tie to the royal family that she had left. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, it, yeah, it just it added a, an extra ick factor because I could not imagine, especially because like they have, you know, they talk about her eating disorders and her, you know, like I just could not imagine someone writing my story about me and my mom. And also they're a royal family. They probably have a thicker skin than I do. I, they better because I cried everything. But <laughs> I don't know. It just, yeah, it gave me the ick. And that's, I I love Lily James and Sebastian Stan. I, I kind of feel the same way about Pam and Tommy. I'm like, oh, too soon. Too, just too soon. Especially if they're not involved. Like if they're involved and they, you know, yeah. But the costuming, flawless. Oh, and it's so like, how often do we see 80s movies where it's, I mean, we even watched one where it's, you know, the, the hair, the hair band or that very like American like denim jackets and all of mm-hmm. that. And so to, I don't know why, but to see so many shoulder pads. <laughs> oh, that yellow dress that she wears at the end and then puts on the scarecrow with that mm-hmm. hat. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, this is great. <laughs> yeah um here obviously the i don't want to say obviously but you know you have some you have some visceral connection to diana that this has impacted you so much well here's the thing this is my segue i remember i remember when she died and Mm -hmm. i remember because up until she died she was a peripheral you know famous figure Mm -hmm. for me but I remember my parents were out of town visiting my uncle and I was watching SNL, which is a very rare thing for me. And I think that's why I so distinctly remember it. But I was watching SNL and it was the opening monologue mm-hmm. and the news came on to announce that she had died. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, it it hit me so hard and so immediately that I just started hysterically crying. Mm-hmm. And this, and my parents didn't have a cell phone. So I called my uncle's house, woke them up and like hysterically cried to my mother. It, it, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for me, um, Princess Diana died the same year as my grandpa. Um, one of my grandpas. And mm-hmm that was the first time in like my young life that I realized like you know people die yeah but like she was famous and gorgeous and young like and I think it was the first time I was like death is around every corner and I know that sounds morbid but that was like oh it's it's inescapable mm-hmm. um now I will say like to get real I'm gonna get real on this podcast I do have a visceral connection with Diana because I was cheated on by my husband, my ex-husband, obviously. And um, the narrative clearly became in my life, like, oh, she, oh, well, I left her because she's she's crazy. She's this, she's that. Like, And then the, the other woman, um, the Camilla, if you will, in this circumstance, um, <laughs> never met me. And so the narrative she had was, and so I think that I, 
I look at all of Diana's achievements, like the amazing things that she has done. And I mean, and that she did. And especially when it comes to like the AIDS crisis and her philanthropy efforts and she continued to do after the Royal family. And I was frustrated with a movie like this because I felt like it, like, I love that Diana as a, as a princess contained multitudes and she did have some parts of her that were, you know, she did have an eating disorder and parts of her that like she needed, to, but you can have those things and still be an advocate for change and still be a force to be reckoned with. And it's not one or the other. And I think that this movie, it made her seem so kind of wilty and a little helpless until the very end. And I, yeah, I just was like, I, I, I don't want this to be the version of her that's remembered. This is, this is so fascinating because <laughs> no, it's just, it's so I didn't know she had an eating disorder. I also did not take that away from the movie. Like there was at no point in the movie that I was like, oh, it's about her having an eating disorder because I didn't go into the movie knowing this. So when I was seeing her getting sick, I was seeing it as like this family is physically making this woman ill. Like when the Pearl thing first happened and like I said, I was mm -hmm. initially like, what the fuck? But you know, when I started thinking about it more, I was like, she's, she's like, the pearls are the family. It is this thing that like, she is, they're like forcing her mm -hmm. to like swallow everything that they give her. And she's getting sick. I never interpreted that as, oh, they're showing us her eating disorder in a symbolic way. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's so interesting to hear you and I have like such deeply different takeaways from the yeah. symbolism of it or from, you know, whatever was going on. Well, and I mean, I guess that's like the great thing about this movie, though, is that you and I do like, you know, it is kind of like a, an amazing painting where we both walk away going, this is what it meant to me. So I guess in that respect, it does hit the mark of, you know, um, seeing ourselves in the symbolism and taking away from it what what you will. Um yeah. Did I get too real? Did I get too real on this podcast? No, you no, okay. you didn't. You didn't get real at all. I'm just thinking that from that's why she didn't want to be weighed in the beginning. That's why, like, I again, this is just so interesting because I thought it was just like just the bullshit factor of like the fact that they even weigh them. Mm -hmm. But that's that was one of the I the first thing I googled. I was like, did they actually weigh them? They do. To show that they like had such a good time well and i like and i think you and i like even though it meant something different to us i think the symbolism of her being kind of force-fed mm -hmm. the family's like regal like regalness their, their values and yeah their traditions and, yeah um so it's 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 interesting um mm -hmm. because from an entertainment value mm -hmm. this was a slow movie Mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. um i don't know that i would watch it again mm -hmm. um i do think kristen stewart was lovely there was a point where i was like this is really just a long monologue from diana yeah. i i would actually see this as like a one-person show at fringe i was thinking that like i was like i i would rather see it as one-person show 
But here's where I think it's successful is that we are having a deep, rich conversation about this movie in which we both experienced a completely different movie. And yeah. that's friggin' fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, that makes me like the movie more, I guess. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's the, the complete opposite of like Guernsey Literary Potato Peel Society where we just go like boom, 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 plot points, which was, it was, you know, it was an all right movie. Um, <laughs> you all know my thoughts you listen to that episode but or or the notebook or something like that but like this one we truly we came away with it with a completely different like it hit us in different ways and how we felt about it and what the symbolism not only what we thought it meant to her but meant to ourselves and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Hmm. I think I'm still gonna be thinking about this movie a little bit after this like this is one of those movies where I sort of like want to read some reviews and read some information Mm -hmm. about it and probably find some more about Diana oh it's it's hard she's she was phenomenal just phenomenal um and that that was always my impression of her so mm -hmm. uh, you know confirmation bias wise I'm not going to change my impression of her yeah um but I think I am going to be uh, sort of learn more about the royal family, which I think a lot of that is kind of not a lot of that, but like there is more coming out about those the challenges of being a member of the royal family and all of that um, because mm-hmm. of Harry and Meghan Markle. Which I, I'm also team them. I highly recommend. I forget the name of it. I'll have to send you it, but it's basically like the tapes of Diana, and mm-hmm. it's all the tapes she recorded to I don't know if you know this um if you haven't watched the musical or haven't been deep in it but so she she was never like quote-unquote interviewed but she wanted to get her story out there when all this like negative press started to like pound on her so she contacted a book writer and she just recorded tapes upon tapes of herself talking about her life in the castle and her life with Charles and so that re- that reporter wrote the book like from an anonymous source and it was very clearly, you know, from her. So that was like mm-hmm. a whole scandal, but he still had those tapes. So they created a documentary around those tapes. So you heard her tell her story in her voice. Mm. Um, I think it's called like, tape, uh, I forget the name. I'll put it, I'll send it to you. But that's the one I would recommend just because it's really, I mean, you know, like I said, the truth is always somewhere in the middle or to one side or another. It's never someone's like a hundred percent depiction of it because perspective is interesting. But um, yeah, that's um, it's really good. Highly recommend. Um, I will say a interesting Anne Boleyn. Um, Anne Boleyn is kind of the I don't know. I don't want to say symbol of lot of women who are left by their husbands but um Anne Marie Tendler who is John Mulaney's ex-wife did she's a, a phenomenal artist I highly recommend um looking at her Instagram buying her art if you can afford it I can't one day I will manifesting it mm-hmm. um but she one of the photos she said that she's never gonna sell it's her um she recreated Anne Boleyn's photo and it is phenomenal and like the the bee necklace that Anne Boleyn had she has a tea necklace on mm. that is like a replica um yeah because yeah Anne Boleyn is just a symbol of of wives who get left so um yeah anywho 
Anything else you want to talk about before we rate it? No, let's let's rate it. I've been thinking about this rating. I'm like, I'm just okay. gonna see what comes out of my mouth. Oh, all right. <laughs> do you want me to come up with it, or do you want to? Yes, every time. Okay. <laughs> um, one out of ten pearl pea soup bowls. Um. <laughs> pearl filled pea soup bowls because the litter because uh plosives are funny what would you give this movie i think i would give it um a six um mm-hmm. I, you know i really appreciated all the performances i thought everyone did a lovely job um i will continue to think about this movie and probably chat about it with people um i know that replay value is a thing for me but, you know, I made the joke earlier that this was like the thinking person, like the thinking version of Moulin Rouge for me. <laughs> um, it, 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 there was like so much like symbolism and hyperbole and all that, that like I was still trying to process something that happened like two beats ago and we had like moved on with even more of it for me to process. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just felt like a little behind the whole time trying to catch up and figure it out. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, um <laughs> ooh, ooh. I I don't want to give it a rating. I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it something on the scale, and I'm gonna give it a five because it's mm-hmm. right in the middle. I would say that I wouldn't. I don't want to rate this with the rest of the movies we've watched. Mm because I feel because it'd be like oh well Laura like gave this one this much and this one this much I feel like I feel like it's like I would easily go to a museum where different parts of this movie were like in different rooms Mm -hmm. to tell the story of Diana's life but Mm. I don't feel like it's a movie okay like I um, like I know it's a I know it's a movie, but I don't feel like it has the narrative structure that anything else we have has. Yes, I will agree with that. Um, I'll also say that you know I joked at the start of this that you had texted me and said that I owe you apology. Mm-hmm. Um, I will not apologize for the delicious, fruitful conversation that mm. this movie has brought upon us. Okay, well. <laughs> I also do not think it, it was anything like that that other movie you made me watch. American Haunting. Oh God. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so Laura, what are you looking forward to? Um, I'm going to see Hamilton on <gasps> Thursday. What? Uh, yeah. That's um, awesome. I That's bought my tickets. Awesome. Four months ago, um, mm-hmm. I'm going with my sister-in-law. Um, she had never seen Hamilton, and I was like, "Hey," because she she loved Wicked. And then mm. July third, 2020 happened, and I was like, "Hey, do you want to come over and watch Hamilton?" She's like, "I don't know if I like it." I was like, uh, "Trust me." And then she's like sobbing in Act Two, <laughs> and so when it was coming to Pittsburgh, she's like, she she said that she would wait on the phone to like grab tickets, and she did so four months four months waiting and we're gonna go see it i'm super excited so what are you looking forward to julie yeah um it it was delightfully unseasonably cool for a while here mm-hmm. 
Uh, and we've switched. It's warm now. Um, mm. So I'm going to pull out my warm weather clothes. Nice. Um, because even though Florida is basically one long season, I've tried to have a little bit of separation and have seasonal clothes um, because when I unpack them, I get excited about them. <laughs> Which the little things. It is. Well, yeah. and then it keeps me from feeling like, oh, I need to go buy clothes. I have so I have so much clothes. I need to get, I have things that I, I still have shirts that I wore in eighth grade. Girl. So. I but bet. also that, that uh, concert t-shirt from Bush's first tour ever of the U.S. that I got when I was in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. I bet that shit's going to sell so much. Like not money-wise, like I'm going to cut it and like have it be like a shorter like crop thing. Not like here's my belly button, but just not a giant t-shirt anymore. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to wear that. Yeah. You're Into welcome Jesus. world. Yeah. Oh, the world is going to thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of thank yous, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, support us, support Trident Network, rate, review, subscribe. Um, it's how, you know, we know what you like and what you don't like and et cetera and so forth. Uh, and anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. pop culture period peace podcast is a part of the trident network to learn more about our videos live shows and other podcasts please visit the tridentnetwork.com